This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Army, which rolled out a new and comprehensive strategy for talent management, is all about recruitment and retention for the challenges ahead. For more detail at the Association of the U.S. Army Conference, I spoke with the Assistant Army Secretary for Manpower and Readiness, Dr. Casey Wardinsky. This strategy's key uh, outcomes will be to synchronize and align. Um, synchronize means uh, we're talking about many things in uh, the strategy that pertain to our humans, our people in the Army. So it's everything from quality of life to the talent management systems we're bringing online. Those are sort of IT systems to how we will bring people into the Army, how we'll develop them, how we'll employ them, how we plan to retain them, whether they be in the active, the Guard, the Reserve, or the Civilian Corps of the Army. Uh, and you can imagine there's a lot of disparate activities in the, the acquire piece. You've got recruiting command, cadet command, West Point, OCS, our efforts for our civilian workers, um, a variety of things that go on in the guard. Um, and then inside the Army, we've got uh, retention efforts that are ongoing. Uh, some of those were put into place as early as 2004. And uh, those would be things that look like uh, pre-commissioning incentives, uh, graduate school things like that. Um, those are run by the G1. All those other organizations are doing acquiring. So we're trying to synchronize all these activities with key goals in mind and, and employ these people in ways that make the United States Army uh, very agile and very difficult for our enemies to deal with. It strikes me that you need to do a better job of recruitment. I mean, the Army's missed its goals for a couple of years, so they dropped the goal in order to meet it. But it's more than just getting people to sign up, they have to have some sense of what it is they're in for before they do sign up. So it seems like you have to have an inside and an outside view of this from the point of view of those that would sign up to start an Army career. Sure. So the um, recruiting business is an interesting one. Uh, It's a policy choice. So in my world, I'm a policy guy. Uh, I work with the military leaders. They do the implementing. And this is a policy choice that goes back to, I think, about 1972. It was a national-level policy choice to have a volunteer Army. And I think... uh, Everybody's pretty well agreed that was the right choice to make, um, that we, uh, we don't really bring in that many folks in a year. So to have any other sort of system would be unfair because so few would be chosen you know, in, a, in a mandatory system, a draft or something like that. So the volunteer system is a very good one for the needs of today. But running a volunteer system is, is kind of a cyclical business. So we'd come out of a drawdown um, in the years of uh, 16, 17 uh, and uh, so when you're doing that, of course, your recruiting force doesn't have as much to do, so you draw it down too. Mm-hmm. And then there was a change of gears, uh, and it was, no, no, stop drawing down, now build up. And there's a lag in this business, of course. You have to build up your force that will go out and talk to kids about joining the Army, and you've got to bring them in, and you've got to educate them and mm-hmm. get them uh, in the right place at the right time. And so there was a lag between what the Army was trying to do with growing its, its strength and the capability of the, the team that would do that, the recruiting team. So there was about a one-year lag there, and you saw that. Uh, the Army had a, a high goal, I think it was an 18. Uh, and then what it did was it shifted that goal really backwards a year to marry up with where the force was that could do that work. And then we had that bunch in place last year, 2019, uh, General Muth and his team at Recruiting Command. And then last year we actually sort of overdid. Mm-hmm. Um, we ended up growing the Army a little faster than we had expected because we're doing a great job of retaining the folks we have are staying in very, very high numbers. Um, and then we also had a great success uh, in 2019 with the, the recruiting piece. So that's now put us in a position of we're actually about a year ahead on where we'd like to be, uh, had planned to be. We're happy to be where we are, but we're about a year ahead. So um, 
our goal on the people strategy would be get rid of some of the cyclicality. So we're not growing and shrinking, growing and shrinking the, the force that will do this sure. work. And that we've done a better job of identifying the kind of folks that are very good at that, uh, talent management. And what about the civilian side? Because you need people to come in for a career from that avenue. That's right. And so, what's, how does this plan address that? It gets at that, too. So uh, w- within the people strategy, we address all the pieces, um, active, guard, reserve, civilian. Um, and in the civilian component, there we had a little bit of the same problem where we'd bring people in through the internship programs, ACTEDS, uh, and then we'd get them in the pipeline, and then the uh, Army started getting smaller, and then we didn't complete the, the internships. Well, that's bad. That's bad for the colleges where they're coming from. It's bad for the individuals. Not great for the Army. So here we're trying to align the systems again so we don't have that cyclicality. And uh, we have strong programs to let people know there are army opportunities in the Army for civilians, uh, a lot of them in the STEM fields, medical fields, and so forth, uh, provide a great way in, and then uh, begin providing great opportunities to early on um, try different things and, and get in management tracks if that's your, what you want, or stabilize in a place and, and get in a nice career track, uh, say, if you're in a technical field. Um, and uh, so line that up as well with uh, people's desires and the Army's needs. And you still have the mission sense, because that's still a really good selling point, isn't it? Yes. Regardless of everything else. Yeah, I'd say sort of globally, the people that are in the Army, um, one of the big rewards is service. Uh, certainly, it's great to have uh, you know, a, nice, a nice career, great benefits package, good pay package. Uh, but the service component is very unique to the military, and uh, maybe some other fields to medicine. But uh, that's one of the things we can offer, and so people get a chance to come in. Let's say you're going to be a civilian working in our cyber field, a large number of civilians in that area. You will be able to do things you could not do anywhere else. Uh, many fields, you know, you can like do shoot back. It, it, that's what I, yeah, boom. Uh, I was going to get at, which was, was you can do defense almost anywhere, right? You can protect, uh, but the ability to, to counter and, uh, and you know, get into the enemy's networks is really a, a mission of the military. And uh, sure. we have civilians doing that all the time that are doing great work and uh, pose some com- complex problems for people that would be, a, you know, adversaries of the United States. Now, the plan talks about a powerfully bonded civilians and soldiers, a powerful bonding between them. Are they not bonded now? And what do you mean by that? Uh, This is to forge teams, these cohesive teams. Uh, General McConville has articulated a very good vision on this. It's uh, people who are trained, disciplined, and fit. So in that world, we have uh, military and civilian. For the civilian, it uh, means somewhat different uh, things than it does for a military person, obviously. But uh, these individuals, I just gave you an example of cyber, working uh, hand-in-hand in in cyber command and across the Army. Uh, You'll find these sort of relationships, so building those cohesive teams, um, giving them the same uh, sense of purpose, uh, many of the same uh, abilities in terms of assignment practices. Uh, that's kind of what we're after there. We're speaking with Dr. Casey Wardinsky. He's the Assistant Army Secretary for Manpower and Readiness. And your own career in the Army, you spent a lot of time. One thing I noticed, the uh, Bureau, uh, or the Office of Economic Manpower Analysis, and you also did work in pre-commissioning career satisfaction. You also did a program called Towards an Officer Corps, that right. all aimed at retention, quality of life. It sounds like this is something you've thought about a lot. Yeah. Um, my career was uh, not your normal one. I, I ended from West Point and went into nuclear weapons and uh, did some work there, uh, helped build the systems that accounted for the inventory. Uh, so that gave me a grounding in technology and, and software. Uh, then went and also counting things that really matter. Counting things that matter, like humans, uh, and keeping track of them. And uh, then went to logistics, and then uh, was selected to lead the Army's Office of Economic and Manpower Analysis at West Point. Uh, when the Army 
became a volunteer army. Uh, the army created an outfit out at Rand Corporation, Project Arroyo, and they created a project at West Point called the Office of Economic Manpower Analysis. And their job is to help create the army of the future. So think deep about what will it take for the army to compete for the best talent in America, either as military or civilian, and implement the right policies and practices. So about 98, we started working on things like talent management, believe it or not. Uh, 2004, we put in the officer retention packages. That was West Point and ROTC um, using um, branching, uh, what branch would you work in, what post would you be assigned to, and graduate school options as incentives for long-term retention. And those ended up saving the Army about $2.3 billion and about 14,000 man years over the past few years. So we're building on those. And then uh, that was the Towards an Officer Corps strategy. So Towards an Officer Corps strategy laid the groundwork for the people strategy, which we signed off on last Friday, Chief and the Secretary. Uh, That's led to a lot of work in the area of uh, career satisfaction. So it's all kind of hanging together. Well, my question then is, this is pretty ambitious to align all of these organizations and to align all of these goals at a time when military doctrine itself is changing or shifting. It's sort of a pendulum, but we're back to the great powers competition. That must have some effect on all of this. My question is, how does this become a sustained program so that after this crew moves on, uh, it'll still work toward the Army's benefit? Well, one of the terrific things about this is uh, General McConville, our chief of staff, he's been working these problems a long time. You know, he was Army G1, and under him, uh, he, he reinforced the effort of talent management. He published a strategy with my predecessors um, about talent management and created a talent management task force. Uh, he became vice chief, continued working away at this with Dr. Esper, who at that time was Secretary of the Army, now Secretary of Defense. Dr. Esper, when I came on board, this was my number one priority from him. Uh, now we've got Mr. McCarthy at the helm. Mr. McCarthy's reinforced that, my number one priority. General McConville and I work uh, very, very closely on this. So you've got now a generation or two of people committed to this who feel it's vital. Uh, we're building the next generation of leaders who understand uh, the way forward. The strategy will tie together their work over time, and it'll allow them to also align their resources. So without a strategy, really, your resources are kind of a bit of a shark tank kind of thing. You know, the, the best voice in the room gets the funding. Sure. And uh, what we've got here now is the clearest voice in the room, which is the chief of staff and the secretary's voice in the form of the strategy, is signaling the way ahead for many, many years, and that allow us to align the program objective memorandum, the POM, the five-year plan right. with this to resource it. Uh, to resources the things it's calling for, so attrition reduction in the enlisted force, higher retention in the officer corps. So you've got real metrics you can measure. That's right. And can you take them to the armed services committees? Do you have buy-in back there, too? Oh, yeah. I mean, they've uh, been uh, doing terrific work authorizing uh, many ways for us to uh, explore new options. So reverent promotions, uh, the ability to stop out of a promotion if you want to go to grad school and, and freeze your year group so you can compete with other your groups when you come out. Uh, they've been working very hard on this and, uh, and sort of spurring us on to action. So I think I had breakfast with a few of them this morning, and uh, they were very interested in what we're up to. Dr. Casey Wardinsky is the Assistant Army Secretary for Manpower and Readiness. We spoke at the Association of the U.S. Army Convention. Find this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. 
It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.